Welcome to the Perky Collar Radio Show, where we talk to entrepreneurs from across the globe to learn why they started their company, what mistakes they've made, what they learned from those mistakes, and they all share an incredible success story. Thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Perky Collar Radio Show. I'm your host, David M. Frankel. Today, I'm excited to introduce to you Sach John Gianni. He's the co-founder and CMO of Elevate Money. How are you this afternoon, Sach? I'm doing great, David. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. Thank you for finding us, find some time in your schedule to squeeze us in. So kick off the show with the why. Why did you start Elevate Money? Uh, great question, uh, and uh, one that's close to my heart. I spent uh, most of my career, about 17 years, uh, on Wall Street uh, as a bond trader. You know, I saw how uh, the other half makes money and grows and builds their wealth. And what I realized is that uh, a lot of the opportunities that were available to me in, in that space and available to people at that realm aren't really available to the average investor. And so we see the wealth gap in the United States, you know, uh, growing massively. And part of the problem is, uh, I mean, there's many reasons for that, but one of the major problems is that access to certain products, to information, um, you know, to, to know how on how to build wealth isn't readily available to the average investor. So unless you have a lot of money, it's hard to make money. And, uh, with the growth of technology, with the growth of crowdfunding and, and some regulation that's open, that's now changing. And that was an important thing to, for me to be able to take the experiences that I had and, you know, the knowledge that I gained and, and give back and share that with, uh, you know, with, with a lot more people and who could take advantage of it. And Elevate Money does that. You know, in essence, we're taking a product that was uh, historically available to only wealthy individuals meaning investing in a portfolio of private real estate that's income producing. Uh, and now we're able to deliver that product to the average investor with just a hundred dollar minimum investment and no accreditation required. And so that shifts, uh, you know, that levels the playing field. And obviously it's up to the individual to take action and to learn and grow. But, you know, before the opportunity wasn't available and now we're making that opportunity available. Sure. And how long have you been doing this? You said you're seven so, years old. How long? When did you, how far long ago did you start Elevate Money? Yeah, so we we started Elevate Money uh, about two and a half years ago, uh, and we launched the platform to the public uh, just under a year and a half ago. Okay, very good. So in that two and a half years, uh, what mistakes? Obviously, it's a whole new platform. You're leveling the playing field. I'm sure you made some enemies in the process because they want to keep it just the wealthy if they. You know, the more, more exclusive you make it, the happier people are a lot of times. So now you're leveling the playing field. Uh, did you make people angry? In the pro- I'll start with this question first. Did you make people angry by leveling the playing field? No, I, I don't think we made uh, people angry because I think it's still not on the radar, really, of, of Wall Street. And, you know, um, if, if, you know, coming from that background, I understand, you know, or any corporation, you know, they have to worry about their stock price and they have to pay their bonuses and, you know, they're always going to uh, go for the big fish. They're, they're big conglomerates and that's what they're going to do. And right now, you know, the big fish are still older, wealthier individuals in the United States. But an interesting trend is that, you know, millennials and Gen X are going to overtake and control over 50% of the wealth in the United States by the year 2030. And this is an audience that behaves very differently. Everything is digital to them. 
right, to myself as well. And so as they grow and they invest, even in smaller increments as a, as a group where they have that much power and they do everything digitally, they're not going to have um, the traditional money managers and financial institutions telling them what to do. They make their own decisions and they do it online. So I think over time, uh, you know, there's more and more attention in this space. And some of these players are going to try to, you know, come into the space and, and deal directly with the consumer, but they don't really know how. They don't understand uh, things on a consumer level because they, you know, uh, on the average consumer, they're, they're dealing with more, um, you know, people who they manage their money and have, you know, bigger assets. So I think there's a, a major trend shift happening um, that's, that's going to take a few years to take place. So for now, we really haven't had any enemies because uh, I think the space is still, you know, growing and evolving. Okay. I love top three things. So give me a top three, since you're in the investing world, top three yep. things to do. And then give me a top three things not to do right now in 2023. Sure, I, I can I can take a crack at that one. So one, I'm I'm not giving any investing advice. So let me let me put that disclaimer out there. Um, sure. What I can do is I can kind of share the top three things that that I'm looking at and top three things that I'm avoiding um, to to make it a little easier. So sure. you know, top three things that that uh, for, first that I, that I look at right now, you know, is is a well balanced portfolio. I think what we've learned over the last year is that you know when you have all your money or all your eggs in one basket, and even though things seem amazing and something like crypto is you know, doubling every day, uh, that doesn't last forever and that has a lot of volatility. So if you're just you know, betting on one thing, you're likely in the long run, not gonna be successful. Uh, building wealth and protecting your money you know, and growing your money, that's something that takes uh, you know, a long time and you want to stretch that out, you want it to be boring. And it gets boring if you're sort of not staring at it every second of the day uh, and you can concentrate on your life and everything else. So, Building a balanced portfolio where, you know, you spread that amongst, uh, you, you know, your, your investments and your savings amongst, you know, a group of different assets. So I wouldn't even say, hey, everybody should put all their money and elevate money in real estate. No, maybe you should, you know, uh, diversify that with stocks, with crypto, with, with fixed income. You know, today other alternatives are coming to the marketplace uh, like art and collectibles. You know, that's okay. And that's something that people should look at and, and I look at is you know, how do I diversify that portfolio? So that's, that's definitely number one uh, to spread that risk around. The second thing I would say is that, you know, uh, I really like one of the reasons I, I, we chose real estate and elevate is because of the fact that it's income producing. Uh, it's, it's nice when things go up, but it's also painful when things go down. The beautiful thing about income is that, you know, they can't take it back. <laughs> you know, the price can go down, but once they've paid you the dividend, once they've paid you the monthly income, that's yours. So, you know, earning passive income and having multiple streams of income—that's a phenomenal way uh, to to grow your your money over a long period of time. So, income is definitely uh, top of the list. And you know, number three, top thing I would say is just just honestly learning. There's so much happening in the world. Technology is moving very fast, uh, and it's just fun to be engaged in what's going on. Uh, you, you might you never know when you see something. You you catch a trend early. Uh, you you know what to avoid. If you're paying attention to what's going on in the world, not just in investments, but just you know technology, uh, all, all the all the growth that's happening in all these different sectors, uh, I think that's an important thing to to, and it's a fun thing to do. Sure, so that's top that. three. Excellent, yeah. love that. All right, so I got the, the counter list now. The things not to do. The things not to do. So, uh, uh, pretty simple. The first one is you know. Uh, don't don't try to do the get rich quick. I, I avoid that. Uh, 
you know, I haven't avoided it my whole life. I've, I've definitely gotten sucked, uh, sucked into that mindset, of, you know, when I was younger, it rarely works. Uh, the, the stories you hear of the winners are one of a billion. Everyone else is, you know, getting their, uh, taking their, their lunch away. So, you know, get rich quick doesn't work. Things take time. Uh, you got to put an effort. You have to, uh, you know, understand what you're doing. You, sometimes you, you're going to take a few bumps of, <clears throat> along the way, but, um, you know, the longer her time horizon you have, whether it's building wealth or relationships or anything in life, even your health, uh, you're, you're more likely going to be successful and it's going to be sustainable. So uh, that's that's number one. Look, look for long-term outcomes versus short-term outcomes. Um, the second thing to avoid, I would say, is, um, you know, uh, the, the, the FOMO aspect. You know, you can't really, you're never going to always find the best thing to, to invest in or, uh, to do. And, you know, with social media and the news, everyone's always posting and talking about, you know, their greatest wins. So you can get sucked into that FOMO and kind of say, oh, I should have done that. And then start chasing uh, different trades or different investments. Believe me, when everyone else is talking about it and it's super hyped, it's not the time to to jump on something, you know, um, especially if it's a speculative investment. So I kind of avoid the uh, the FOMO, if you will. And then, uh, you know, the, the last thing I would say, uh, Number three, in, in terms of things to, uh, you know, to, to avoid would be, uh, you know, not doing the homework. At, at the end of the day, there's, you know, even in our space, there's so many platforms, there's so much uh, opportunities and so many options. And it's easy to, we, you know, it's so easy these days, you click a few buttons and you're done. But really doing the homework, there's, there's details, there's devil in the details between different platforms, different investments, different opportunities. And uh, it, it definitely pays to, you know, read the fine print and really understand these, these small nuances and differences. So you don't get sort of surprised later on and not realize what you actually were doing because you didn't, you didn't dive into the details. Makes sense. Thank you for sharing that with us. Uh, Saj, if you can go you know, kind of walk us through, as you've grown this business in the last two and a half years, mm-hmm. looking back now, it's probably easy to find mistakes, but and I wouldn't even say they're mistakes. It could just be learning opportunities. What are some things you did along the way of growing and scaling that turned out to be a mistake uh, that you then corrected and learned from? Can you share some of those mistakes with us? Yeah, sure. You know, um, I mean, first and foremost, I, I think for us in our space, um, you know, one of the things that I wasn't really prepared for, you know, kind of also having a marketing background and being the CMO was really the, the regulatory environment, um, in, in the crowdfunding space and, you know, how difficult, you know, that was to, um, you know, to get things approved, to be able to market, to be able to say certain things. So when we first started, you know, I, I kind of just had the marketing hat, digital marketing hat, and I was, you know, working on all of this content and creative, um, only to find out that none of it was getting approved uh, from our broker dealer. And then also realizing that, you know, we had to find sort of the right, um, partners in our space. So broker dealer, fund administrator, all, all these different partners that we need to have to make this work that actually understood, uh, you know, our vertical understood crowdfunding. So things were definitely more nuanced uh, and not as simple as maybe I initially expected. But again, you know, that's part of, you know, you're going to spend some money, you're going to waste some time to learn. And then the main thing I think is having a team that can address these things quickly and taking action and making decisions and, you know, admitting when we didn't get it right and then going out and finding a solution. So I think we've encountered, you know, and we will continue to encounter uh, problems, uh, challenges, you know, we'll make mistakes, 
the main thing is to have a sort of a solution mindset and be able to be honest and, and there's, you know, remove ego or, or kind of, you know, uh, it's okay to be wrong. Like we're, we're human, but really I think the more, uh, the, the more honest you can be and the quicker you can address them, you also start to improve your judgment. And I think that's the key in, in business and in life is that, you know, if you can improve your, uh, your judgment by 10, 20% above sort of average, you know, you have a chance to really exponentially uh, grow it, whatever you're doing. And, and that's, that's kind of our focus. Makes sense. I think, you know, it's improvement anything, but definitely judgment, because obviously the better your judgment is, the better, the more the right choices you make. And the quicker you make them too. Absolutely. And, and it's, it's leverage, staff. right? Because yeah, it applies to everything. It applies to staff, yeah. it applies to investments, it applies to, you know, a lot of, every component of the business, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, Sash, walk us through a success story. Maybe someone that uh, hired you as a client uh, and invested and had some great results. Or maybe a personal success. Maybe you guys hit a milestone or a, uh, a certain level that you're uh, hoping to reach. Uh, just walk us through a success story that kind of reinforces or inspires you to keep building the business yeah. and why you started to begin with. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think for us, uh, it, it's a little broader, um, but it's a very powerful thing that we've seen and, and one that we weren't really uh, modeling or expecting. But, you know, we've had the platform live uh, to the public for about a year and a half, like I mentioned. And in that short period of time, um, currently our sales on a monthly basis, half of them, 50% approximately come from existing users. And that's just a mind blowing statistic. If you think about it from a, you know, one from a business perspective, because, you know, cost to acquire uh, customers is expensive. And if your customers keep coming back, well, well, that's a good sign and, and you can actually grow and you know, grow profitably over a long period of time. But more so from what you're doing, if, if, you're, if your customers are coming back you know, at, that, at that rate where half of your sales every month come from existing customers that you already had, well, that tells you that it's working and the, the product that you're delivering them um, is, is benefiting them and it's something that they're happy with. And that to us is such a, such a phenomenal statistic. One, because again, you know, the average and the, the, the initial investment in our product is as little as $100. Now, don't get me wrong. We have people who've invested, you know, $200,000 in the product and we have people who invest a hundred. So, you know, it's, it's a wide spectrum, but the fact that, you know, we have a lot of people at a hundred, 500, a thousand, 5,000, um, you know, in smaller increments, the fact that they're willing to come back month over month and keep adding to their investment because they see it working. That's a very satisfying feeling for us. Definitely. Well, congratulations. And I love what you're doing. I love you're making it affordable to everyone. And I think it's also a learning process too. Like maybe you start small because you're afraid to lose. Uh, and then obviously as you see results and success, you add more. And, uh, and you have a little bit more control over your, uh, your results than you would if you're just you know playing Russian roulette or you're playing in the stock market. And like you said, investing in one, one stock that seems trendy uh, at least with your support and your guidance, uh, they're much more educated decisions. Which is yeah, fantastic. yeah, absolutely. You know, what's great is like we we share a lot of information about each property that we purchase. So when they, you know, they see a, a rent payment coming in or a dividend payment, they can look and say, oh, 
you know, that's what they bought the property for. This is where it's located. This is what, you know, why they chose this property. This is the length of the lease. This is who the tenant is. And, you know, the more, the more properties we buy and the more investors read this stuff, I mean, they're, they're really learning, you know, on a macro level, the mindset behind, you know, uh, uh, our portfolio allocation, our portfolio strategy, how, how to buy real estate, what to look for, the terminology. So we love that, that, you know, people will learn about it uh, more and more over, over time, for sure. So walk me through that real estate aspect of the of your investments. I found it very interesting. Yep. So let's say a, a property's, you know, cost is a million dollars. You guys would own that, that, that property, but then people could own a portion of that hotel. For example, the, the hotel is a million dollars, just to pick a number out of the air. Sure. And then you can, yeah, so, so, so you can have 1%, 5%, 10% of that million dollar hotel. Is that a similar example or is that not correct? No, that's, that's, you know, uh, in line. So I, I can explain to you. So one, the, the strategy right now that we launch is the property types are single tenant net lease, which is basically one, one asset, one tenant. So think of a gas station. It only has the operator of the gas station is a tenant or a Taco Bell. It's only Taco Bell that rents it. Right. So, a dollar general store, uh, car wash, you know, all these are all just one tenant and one, one piece of property. So we look to buy the real estate and lease it back to the operator. So we only deal with one counterparty. Usually it's a, you know, obviously it's a business who's had longstanding history. It's a long-term lease. Uh, you know, we only do 60% leverage to buy it. So if the, if the property cost, uh, you know, a, a million dollars, we would put 600, thousand cash and take out 400,000 mortgage. So it's very low leverage. So, you know, we have a lot of protection on the assets. So a very stable strategy and, and with the goal of, you know, current income, you know, passive income, month predictable income is really the goal. So, so that's, that's the strategy. And the way, uh, what, what happens is we would first go out and buy the asset or the assets, you know, in the portfolio. And then as people come in, you know, $100, $1,000, $10,000, $100,000, whatever they invest in, they would own a fractional share of the entire portfolio. So if there's four properties in the portfolio, you know, they would own a fractional share of sort of those four properties, right? Not directly the properties, just shares of that REIT, of, of, that, of that investment vehicle. And then on a monthly basis, we collect rent from all of our tenants, right? And then we, we are allowed to, uh, you know, distribute dividends based on, the rent minus the management fees and, and, and our expenses. And then we pay those dividends back into the, uh, to our investors based on how much out, you know, of the, of that portfolio they own. So and where, and where is the real estate that you currently own is it all over the country or certain segments of the country? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's all over, you know, uh, it's United States. Uh, that's what we'll stick to the U S um, and uh, you know, we, we have a, two assets right now. We have a, uh, family dollar and we have a, a shell gas station and convenience store and you know one's in texas the other in south carolina and you know for us we're always just looking for um you know the best um property with with you know a good tenant with a good lease with good location and you know uh, anything that kind of fits our strategy and our goals and we want to obviously get a good income for um you know our investors and so we have a whole sort of strategy and, and benchmarks that we look at. Um, we call it Elevate Lens Plus, which is sort of our model, which we share on, on our website. And if the properties sort of score high on that, then we go out and make offers on them, you know, and then go into that negotiation phase. And, you know, sometimes you win them, sometimes you don't, but 
it's um, again a very conservative strategy we're always thinking you know consistent predictable income we want as little problems as possible we, we, we obviously can't avoid uh risk but we want to minimize that risk based on you know our our experience and what was the gas station again i'm sorry uh shell gas station in uh, south carolina so are those the only two companies you invest in but in different locations all over the country no, no. So those are, those are two physical locations that we have. So there's, there's right now, I mean, we, like I said, we, we launched about a year and a half ago. So we have two properties in the portfolio. We're now working on uh, our third one, obviously with the markets uh, moving around with rates, we're looking for the right yield, um, uh, you know, based on current interest rates to, to add the next property to the portfolio. So as money comes in, you know, we're always buying a property then buying the next one. So over time, I mean, in the next five years, you know, the portfolio could have 50 or 100 or, you know, 200 properties in it. Sure, but you're not limiting yourself to Family Dollar and Shell Gas Station. No, 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 no. That's the first good. Yeah, yeah, not at all, not at all. We're <laughs> limiting ourselves uh, in this stride to, to single tenant net lease. So we wouldn't buy a multifamily and put it in this fund. It could be in a new fund with just multifamily. This right. fund would only be, a, you know, single tenant net lease property. So commercial businesses. Makes sense. Okay. Well, excellent. I appreciate the clarity because I, I find it very fascinating and everyone loves passive income. It's just a matter of trying to figure out which the best one is. And sometimes people, you know, think they can't ever afford it. They can never come up with a down payment. So it's nice to find other alternative ways to invest in real estate without having to come up with a big, you know, $600,000 down payment. Yep, exactly. Or have to take out a mortgage or, you know, paperwork or, you know, do, do all those other things, you know? So at the end of the day, I mean, you know, I would say, there's uh, the, the fees that you end up paying us or the, the expenses that we pay, you know, from, a, from my personal perspective as an investor, you know, I invest in our product because, man, I don't, unless you're, unless you're investing tens of millions of dollars in this one sector, you know, I don't really have uh, the ability, the time, uh, you know, or, or want the hassle or, or, need, or have the experience and the expertise to go and make the right calls and what to buy so i like having the diversified portfolio and letting our team do it uh you know and you know i've collected the six and a half percent uh annualized yield now for over a year uh other other investments of mine have gone down you know this one's earned income so i'm, I'm quite happy with it sure i think the gas space is a pretty safe space despite the the increase in electric cars out there i don't think gas is going away anytime soon no, I think we looked at the numbers. It's like just like two, three percent, or it's a very small percentage of numbers. It's a long time before the gas station's going to have any things, and, and they'll put EV pumps in there over time, you know, whatever charging stations. Um, a lot of these businesses, interestingly enough, and the reason I really like the, the sector is that the way I look at it is you're basically in this fund that we have, in this, in this REIT, you're investing in the properties for businesses that you and I use every single day, a gas station, fast food restaurant, a dollar store, convenience store, car wash. I mean, these are businesses that exist during recessions. They exist, you know, we're always eating, we're always driving, you know, we're always, you know, uh, going to UPS or wh whatever, Starbucks or whatever it is. These are things that these businesses, even if they're not booming, they're still surviving, they're paying their rent. Uh, a lot of them are actually made, not all of them, but a lot of them are, uh, you know, uh, a corporate credit. So the, the dollar store, your family dollars owned by Dollar General, it's a triple B credit. So the, the risk of them not paying a lease, they don't pay a lease, they don't have a business, you know, the whole company goes under. 
so, you know, I like this sector. Again, there's no guarantees in life, but I, I find it, uh, uh, you know, I expect to, to collect our rent from most of these properties, even in, even in down times. Uh, at least that's what historically has been, been the case. Oh, I think that makes perfect sense. Well, Sasha, if you don't mind, uh, let's wrap up the call and interview with uh, your information. If people are interested, they're listening to this call and listening to this interview and want to start investing with Elevate Money, uh, please give them your website, your social media handles. If you want to give out an email or a phone, that's up to you. Uh, but how they can reach out to you, learn more, and, and start investing. Yeah, sure. I'll keep it simple. So it's elevate.money. So it's not, there's no .com. It's just elevate.money. That's the website. Uh, all the information's on there. Uh, you know, we have a chat. Um, support all, all of that stuff so anybody wants to reach out to us you know our team will answer uh, you know I'll, I'll get to see it as well so that's the best way to contact us best way to see us um, you know uh, you could also look us up on LinkedIn we, you know we do post a little bit there and uh, you know we'll continue to sort of build social media at the time uh, as the time goes on so I would say the best way to check us out is uh, our website and you can see all of our press articles and blogs and calculators and all of that good stuff. Excellent. Well, Sash, thank you so much for your time. I, I've learned a lot from you today. I appreciate that. And I'm sure my, the rest of the audience did too. So I, I appreciate, appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, oh, my thank, pleasure. You. thank you for yours. Oh, my pleasure. And you've listened to another episode of the Perky Keller Radio Show. Thanks for tuning in. What is the Perky Collar? It is a collar support system for dress shirts. That's right. Over 18,000 of these amazing devices have been sold globally. How does it work? Lift the collar, add the perky collar with the long tapered ends on top, lower your collar on top. Adjust to make sure it's even around the collar, and that's it. You've now transformed your droopy, saggy dress shirt collar to a brand new looking dress shirt, ready to tackle sweaters, jackets, blazers, and the collar still stays nice and tall. How do you find it? The website is perkyllc.com. That's spelled P as in Paul, E as in Elephant, R as in Robert, K's and kangaroo, Y's and yo-yo, LLC, LarryLarryCharlie.com. That's PerkyLLC.com. Get yours today, or if you're in Charlotte, North Carolina, visiting or live here, feel free to come by South Park Mall's kiosk located between Francesca's and Toomey. Best entrance is Maggiano's and Cheesecake Factory. See you soon. Look your best. Have a great day. Perky LLC is a clothing innovation company. We solve clothing-related problems such as the droopy, saggy dress shirt collar, the pocket square that doesn't seem to sit still properly, it unfolds, it falls down, the shirt that keeps coming untucked, collar stays that keep curling on you, and more and more issues with your belt, cracking, splitting, holeless belts are the solution. You can adjust them by a quarter inch instead of having to go up an inch or down an inch. What about that lapel you want to use as an accent color to match a dress or as a color accent to your wardrobe? This and many other fun fashion accessories are available at PerkyLLC.com. Beyond innovation, we also have fashion accessories, bow ties, you name it, from feather to blingy to wooden, even wooden ones that move, even wooden ones that showcase the skyline of cities all across the country. Check out PerkyLLC.com for all these great fashion accessories, and innovative solutions. Are you ready to publish your own book? Do you have a story to tell? 
Does the world need to hear your story? Now is your chance. Go to https colon forward slash go go dot bestsellingbook.com forward slash perky collar radio show. That's right. It's as simple as that. They'll walk you through every step needed to publish your own book. And watch out. Be ready to be an Amazon bestseller, maybe a Wall Street Journal bestseller, or maybe even New York Times bestseller. It all starts with a single step and having the right team around you. Again, go to https colon forward slash go go dot bestsellingbook.com forward slash perky collar radio show. Look forward to seeing your amazing results.